Inside the 18, live from Casa de Yeoman, once more time in Santa Monica. I'm Michael Majid. With me is Patrick McLean and Saskia Weber. I don't think I really need to mention who they are because they're so grandiose already. You guys already know them. We're back in the house. This is absolutely fantastic. But uh, as you know, you know, Patrick, illustrious career in Major League Soccer. Saskia won a little cup that may have been involved with the world at some point. <laughs> uh, also the UCLA goalkeeper coach now, um, which uh, we've, we congratulated her hey. for last time. Bruins. Yeah, but first time with Patrick with here with, with Saskia. Is, uh, how, how's that been going, by the way, Spring? Is so far so good? It's great. Uh, it's honestly the, the level that um, these women play at, there's, there's a lot to be said. I, I think I was talking with the coach the other day and um, with Amanda and just the sports changed a lot. Yeah. How hard these women shoot across the board um, is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. They're like, Saskia, get in goal. I'm like, yeah, I know my shoulder hurts. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> and Patrick, Patrick, this is the first time I think we've had you back since your, since your honeymoon, man. This yeah, is a, yeah, it's been a, it's been a minute. It's, it's <laughs> definitely been a minute. Uh, you know who hasn't, uh, hasn't taken some time away from us is our fans, the insiders. They've been fantastic. We're at like 265 reviews worldwide, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. Uh, really shout out to everybody who's been out there rating, reviewing, and subscribing, sharing the podcast. Shout out to everybody we met at Baltimore Convention. I missed both you guys at Baltimore. You had a good time, I it did. sounds Baltimore like. Baltimore was fun, man. Very, Baltimore. I felt like I was it. there. You were texting me nonstop. <laughs> I know. Well, the food was incredible. <laughs> have, uh, Patrick, have you ever been to Baltimore? Yeah. 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 I, uh, I've did you have crabs? Oh, I had so many crabs there. I had crabs literally every single night. It was like the soft-shelled <laughs> crabs. <laughs> Because, I mean, well, how often do you get, it's not like in L.A. you get the same type of, type of like, fisherman's wharf type crab. Well, you don't get, I'm sorry, L.A., but there's not good seafood out here. Yeah, it's, 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 probably, not, it's probably not the same as, like, a, you know, I know, I know East Coast, you guys have that bias and stuff. How's the, how's the <laughs> seafood in, uh, in Wisconsin? Uh, I wouldn't recommend <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the thing you would go for is the, uh, is the seafood there? When people say, you, hey, Fresh do you want to go to sushi and <laughs> when I'm there, it's like... No, not really. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, guys, thank you again for doing that. It's been fantastic. Remember, make sure that you're leaving your Instagram or Twitter handle in your review so we know who you are. Uh, shout out to Jesus, uh, goalkeeping from afar, because uh, he's so funny. He's like, oh, man, I, I shouldn't have left it like that. I should have left my handle. But now you guys are, like, making this kind of legendary because literally every episode in Baltimore – we were just shouting out goalkeeper from afar. Like, we didn't know who that was. And then Jesus reaches out. He's like, that's me. That's me, man. Uh, so, so please, please do that. That way we can send you your prize. Um, again, once we reach 150 in the United States, we can send out that new prize right there. That's only 25 more in the United States, guys. You can, you can do that. And worldwide, you know, let's, uh, let's shoot for that 150 as well, too. That's only um, 15. I think I just did that math in my head. So that's, I, I'm impressed. Yeah, that was actually pretty impressive on my part. I'm, if it was right. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, f we'll find out <laughs> if it was. Um, all right, before, uh, before we kind of get into this episode, I just want to uh, do kind of a little bit of a review about what happened in Baltimore. Obviously, you guys weren't there. Shout out to Omar Zini from Pro GK Academy who, uh, who joined us as well out there. We saw some pretty cool sessions out there. Um, what did I tell you about the field? Fields are have – you, have you been to these fields, these mm -hmm. demo Never fields? Never done this. Oh, my gosh. So it's like this turf – but it's not turf. It's not like, it's you know. It's a carpet. It's a carpet. It's essentially it's, yeah, a carpet. It's a green carpet. It's a green carpet because it's <laughs> a convention so it's bad. floor. I was trying to figure oh, out it's if it was bad cement. or it was good. And he yeah. asked me, I was like, no, I have PTSD from this. Like, yes. I used to have to dive on that. <laughs> it's, I felt so bad for the kids because they're slipping and sliding. And meanwhile, there's like legit, 
legit coaches that are running these sessions, you know, like the FA, you know, the head of goalkeeping for the FA and stuff. And he's like, ah, oh, these lads, they just can't, you know, just can't move. And it's like, it's like, no, they're they're because they're literally sliding on carpet. On carpet, it's uh, <laughs> and they really don't want to land on carpet on top of cement. Um, <laughs> but but it was fun. You know, one of the main themes that we kind of had at Baltimore from all the different sessions was game realism and the development of play. You know, and I think that's kind of something that's really really integral to developing a good goalkeeper training program nowadays, and we're going to kind of get into that, into the topic in regards to whether it's Houston Volley, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, really cool thing is we had all these different guests that came in. Um, we had uh, people from MLS Academy, so shout out to like Danny Sapero and Jeremy Proud and Jack Stepanowski, you know, from all the different MLS Academies. We had Tim Dittmer, um, you know, head of goalkeeping for the FA, who I think is 12 years old. Like, I, I'm blown away <laughs> at how young this dude is, and he's so high up in the FA, and I'm like, you're literally a prodigy. This is, <laughs> this is unreal. Uh, it's not fair. And then a uh, really huge shout-out to, like, people like Dan Abrahams, the sports psych guy, you know, who does a lot of stuff with, uh, with big-time players, you know, who've played in, like, Champions League matches and EPL and that sort of thing, and Nathan Thackeray, you know, uh, goalkeeper coach for arguably one of the best women's teams in the world, and that's the NC Courage. So it was really, really, really cool experience, uh, and we were really happy. Oh, there was this uh, VR equipment thing that I wish I could have brought back because this is incredible. Have you guys ever done goalkeeper VR before? Mm -hmm. No. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's the craziest thing because it's basically like playing in goal, but like it's, it's VR style. And someone literally said to me, they're like, so you could just – that you're just playing in goal. I'm like, yeah. They're like, so you could just do that outside, right? I'm like, yeah, but, you know, like – but it's VR. They're like, okay, anyway. I mean, I think, I think the, uh, the application of something like that – you know, I, one of mm -hmm. my buddies had an idea like this long, long time ago. Uh, I don't think he was the one who, who ended up <laughs> implementing it. But if you think about it, you can you can go through a lot of game realistic scenarios without needing anybody else around. And you can just you can figure out different things that you might not necessarily be able to figure out in one game. And then you're not you're not you don't have to put in the same energy as well. You kind of can be kind of a, a viewer in this yeah. instead of just a instead of a participator I think Patrick might actually be an investor in this VR product <laughs> like the way he's like actually I think uh, there's actually a lot of benefits to this product I in fact actually if you I go mean, to www no no honestly, I think you're right like, yeah I haven't I haven't looked at it so yeah. I don't know if it's like yeah. you know these moving square blocks or well, something dude, I can I can show that you would be <laughs> I got the brochure I'll show you the brochure Saskia <laughs> tried to steal my brochure the only one I had <laughs> But the whole VR thing sounds really cool to me. Um, there was a lot of crazy different uh, things there. And actually, Saskia was talking about that with me uh, recently when I got back from Baltimore, Patrick, was that there's all these different types of things that they're trying to sell at these conventions, right. at the exhibit hall, that you're like, I don't know where I can store some of this. I mean, it looks amazing, but you're like, where do I put this stuff? You well, know? yeah, I mean, like, who are you trying to sell this to? Like, some of the stuff is, I get it if you're using it at, like, a major club or something, but when, if you're trying to sell to, like, a club team and or, like, a coach just that does privates, and what, where are you going to store this stuff? You know, and I was, I was referring to the the giant, like, the end-all, be-all, like, mannequins and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know where to put them. Like, I really want them for the Bulls, for our club, but I'd have to, like, get a massive, like, chain-link lock and lock them up to a fence and hope hope they're still there in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> now, Patrick, you've, you've been able to store some stuff in your trunk, though, right? Yeah, I mean, like like I was uh, saying in the break here, I worked on a, with a company specifically on developing um, that sort of product for like your average coach, for your club, whoever, you know, these products are, are, are going to, you're going to create the best, um, 
the best net of, uh, right, right, right. of consumer. And so obviously if, if you're making these super heavy duty dummies, you're, you're limiting your, who you're selling to absolutely. exactly what you're saying, because Your market, absolutely. if you, if you need a ton of space, well, LA's out. Yeah. I most mean, people don't have a ton of space Yeah, or they're sharing it with high schools or, or other clubs or something like that. So it's just, you know, I think when anybody gets into these product development things, they have to understand, really think about who their market is, really think about how to make it the most efficient thing for a coach to use and to transport and to store and everything. That, that being said, I'd like to uh, present our new sponsor. It's a full-size <laughs> field for your backyard, guys. That's all it is. It's, just a, it's a full-size inflatable field. All you do is just move everything out of your backyard, and you just put a nice solid field. So if you have four to five acres in your backyard, just feel free to build And we'll own. give you a pump yeah, we'll give and you a everything. Pump. <laughs> That's always my favorite thing. It's like It always says, like, must add water, like, pump not included. I'm like, well, this was... You just gave me plastic. You think you would think I was like a genius. I have a pump in my car that is like an automatic pump that I plug up to the uh, the outlet in the car, and so all the kids line up at my trunk like once a month, probably to pump their balls up yeah. because like mm, I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm a genius. Right. You so, can buy these for ten dollars. Yeah. I know. Buy the, I know. <laughs> the pump ones for ten dollars. So anyway, convention was fantastic. You know, shout out to everyone we saw there. Honestly, I can't remember everybody's names off the top of my head, but uh, we really missed having both you guys there. Really wish you guys were there. I heard you had a fan. Club. We did. We had a fan club. We had people coming up to the. I mean, I literally. Here's the funniest thing. So literally, <laughs> I'd be sitting at a bench watching a training session, and I would just see like a middle-aged man like turn and look <laughs> at me, and, like, and then like I would like look at them, and they would like turn away, so like as if I didn't notice them, and then like I'd be like, "Hey, man, I'm." My, he's like, "No, I know who you are. I just, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan. I just I wanted nervous. to let you know that I enjoy, you know, the content, and you know, keep 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 it up." And I'm like, okay, this is. I never honestly thought that my fans would be middle-aged men with children, uh, but uh, but it's cool. It's cool. And we took a bunch of pictures. There was one guy who kept roaming around, and I'm not going to blast him out on the podcast because you know I don't want to embarrass him. But he kept roaming around, waiting to take a picture at the booth because every time he came back, we were uh, we were still with like a guest. Right. And so at some point, eventually, we. I'm like, I promise you. I'm like, dude, hold on one second. We're going to take this picture right now. And then it was cool, like parents coming up with their kids to be like, hey, you know, they're you know they're big fans you know could you mind taking a picture yeah. um do you mind talking to them i talk to kids about their reels you know uh, helping them get into schools and stuff and that's why we do that's this important but uh, that's a big thing i've yeah. seen so i've seen a lot of reels lately um with ucla <laughs> and i can't imagine I wish, how many I wish, reels i wish you all could have seen that face <laughs> <laughs> and um honestly some of these are just they're really horrible like i i need you know a 70 inch screen and like a zoom and it's like really take time if you're going to video your kid um to send it out to whether it's a club coach a college coach or whatever um really take time to make sure it's like you could see what's going on you know you could see the quality if you have to set up a camera just like in your in the goalkeeper's location fine but i'm seeing these things from like the back of a stadium and there's like a circle <laughs> around somebody with an arrow and i can't tell like if they save the ball, if like what, and I was just like, like really think about the quality. I saw a reel the other day and it started out, the, the, the beginning of it was, uh, was penalty kick saves. Yeah. And I'm like, how often does that happen in a game? Like, I, I, I appreciate the fact that you could make PK saves, but like, you're not going to get recruited to college because you, you have two PK saves at the beginning of your reel. Right? I'd actually like to see in reels, just in general for cl club and everything, I'd actually like to see in reels, I'd like to see some training. 
Yeah. Like, I don't just want to see games. That's getting more common, I you think. You know, because, like, the, ma- the majority, I haven't seen a single one yet. Really? And the, yeah, and the majority, I want to see, like, like give me give me the game situation or correlate it. Say, okay, we're going to, because the reels are, like, broken up into breakaways, into shot stopping, into, like, distribution. But now, why don't, why don't you guys start, like, putting training like show me in close training because I'm looking at other things and I'm sure all of us are as goalkeeper coaches. Like I'm looking at your footwork. I'm looking at like, you know, your body positioning, your your stance, like everything. I can't see that from 120 yards away. Uh, like I said, we're going to get into these training topics right now. But first we want to start with at uh, super duper underscore Jesus, uh, Jesus. Uh, I guess that's what it is. It's not Jesus. Um, it's Jesus, uh, who's also goal pe- <laughs> goalkeeping from afar, as we uh, we discussed earlier. Shout out to you again. Uh, awesome. Actually, this is actually a really interesting question because I, I think it, it it has to do with a lot of what was going on at convention. He goes, is it better to lead a counterattack break towards to the corner for the cross or down the middle to send the forward towards goal? Love the show and also love how y'all keep my tag goalkeeping from afar alive. LOL. <laughs> um, I think this is actually really fascinating because I think this is something that a lot of kids need to understand and that there's no right or wrong and there's it's all situational, right mm-hmm. guys? I would say I would say probably to start the counterattack where your player is. Yeah. That's a that's a good that's a good <laughs> point. Don't just play the ball long to the corner. You're like, I don't know, man. I was always somebody, told to play poker. Somebody should have been there. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Run. Um I'd I'd watch going straight down the middle. Depending on um, the distance on and what you're doing, if you're doing a side volley, uh, uh, you know, or whatever, if you, you know, obviously if you lead too far, you have the goalkeeper to deal with as well. I'm just saying that because, you know, sometimes we, our punts and our drop kicks get away from us. But um, so I would, um, yeah, you have to assess <coughs> where, you're, where your players are, but where their players are as well. Yeah. I think that's really, really important because uh, I, I, I understand where this question is coming from. And again, you know, thank you for, for, for putting this question out there because there's probably a lot of kids out there that a lot of times their coach tells them one specific thing right. and they just follow that over and over again. We're trying to get out of that. And that's one of the reasons why we do this podcast. We want you guys to be thinking goalkeepers. We want you guys to um, not just be robots who just do one thing because you're told to do that, but actually assess and scan the field and say, what's going to be my best option, right? Right. Well, I mean, a good example for me was we were playing a game and the field was really short. Okay. Um, We're playing a club game and um, my keeper, huge kick, like huge. And he's an instant offensive threat, but he wasn't taking into account how short like short the field was so every time it would take a bounce or a second bounce it's going right to the keeper and so that's what I'm saying like yes it's on but it's not on down the middle so you have to kind of take a pause and say like what's my best option here yeah Uh, I would say also um, I think it's important that you go through these sort of scenarios with your forwards as well absolutely and so you and you learn their tendencies and where they're going to be most effective because if if you're dealing with maybe not the fastest guy or girl, then you're probably going to have to look to hit them directly. Right. And maybe they play off with a flick or with a you know two-touch to a through ball, whatever it is. But if you have a fast player, then, okay, I know I have a fast player, so if I give them enough space in behind, enough space where they're not going to uh, deal with the goalkeeper as well, right. that's probably going to be you know more towards the line in theory. Um, and that's going to give you the best, the best result for your 
your effort. Yeah, and knowing your place is, I just found out in the last year that certain one of my World Cup players, 99, didn't like to head the ball. <laughs> Wait, you just found this out just I just, now? Yeah, they just admitted it. So now it's become like a very big joke. I won't say the names. Maybe I'll give you the initials later. But, um, <laughs> but and here I am dropping bombs on him, hoping they'll flick it on. And they're like, stop kicking the ball to like, me. I'm not going to add it. You know? But, but, the jumping turtle. Yeah, but, no, but realize that certain people are really good at it. Right. And certain people aren't and understand your teammates. Like, yeah. those are the people I should have just led into space. I mean that's a that's a re- that's a really good point. I didn't even honestly even think about about that thing is like talking to them and saying what do you like what don't you like. Yeah. And I think that's that's something that's really lacking especially in the youth game is that communication. Guys, it's okay to have conversations with your field players and coaches. Encourage your goalkeepers to have communication with your field players. Don't don't make it like yeah, everything has to go through the coach, you know? Uh, yeah, you're a team working for a common goal. I mean those, those conversations shouldn't be awkward by any means. It should be an attempt to create the best scenario. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, it can be, I mean, it's not like a, it's not like the NFL. It's not, you know, you're not necessarily running plays to that point. But if you understand that your player likes to lead from the left, cut across, if you cut, if you bring down a cross at the top of the 18 or, or you're coming up to the top of the 18, you know that you know, so-and-so is going to be cutting across, you know where to put the ball. Yeah, and yeah. so if you do that in practice and have that communication, it's an instant, technically it's a play. It's, it's something you know. It's a scenario that you've practiced. Yeah. So, Jesus, hopefully that answers your question right there. Remember, guys, if you have a listener question, contact at insidethe18media.com, or you can DM us at, at goalkeeperpodcast or at goalkeeperpod on Twitter. And uh, we're going to move on into today's topic right now, which I think is a uh, – is very situational as well, too, in regards to the difference between uh, training environment and game environment and trying to mesh the two. Uh, and that is the, the great volley debate. <laughs> and I, I think it's really fascinating. When I was at convention in Baltimore, there's so many coaches out there who were telling me, well, I don't do volleys anymore because, you know, as, as they've been talking about it, United Soccer Coaches and the Federation and FIFA and FA and everything like that, like there's no volleys in the game. I'm like, well, there kind of is volleys in the game because there are flighted balls that are hit on, on, on the one time. And their debate basically is that in volleys, it's not realistic to the game. So first off, to some of the parents out there who are listening who might be new to goalkeeping, let's just break down what a volley is. So who, who wants to start here? What is a volley? It's a drop kick. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a, when you drop the ball and before it hits the ground, you strike it to the player. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Well, so like a standard way to warm up a goalkeeper, or train a goalkeeper used to be that you're hitting, you're hitting these balls out of the air, a goalkeeper coach or whoever is dropping the ball. Um, while the goalkeeper is doing whatever movement, getting set and hitting the ball to them. So is that realistic? Is that something? I, I think there's room for both. Like, I mean, what do you think about that? For me, it's like if it's part of your warm-up, you're just getting the hands going, fine. I always move into – I don't do volleys as much now, really, as I'll do like a drop kick or something. Um Honestly, for goalkeeper coaches out there that are listening, I feel ya. You can't take two thousand like shots from the ground a, a week. It it'll kill ya. It'll kill your knees and stuff like that. So for me, a drop kick works a little bit better. I can still control it and stuff. I still get a power the power out of it in the direction I want. Um, and then I pull in other people to take the other shots. Um, but I don't think anything's out of date. It depends on how you use it. Yeah. 
I think that's a really good point. Now, Patrick, let, let's talk about the prime, the primary activation of the volley. Like, why is the volley just done basically so that we can work on clean handling at the beginning to get that rhythm going, so that you feel comfortable leading into shot stopping opportunities? Yeah, I mean that's typically what I get out of it, mm-hmm. um, and I know, I know I feel good after you know taking a couple a set, volleys. Yes, yeah, a set of volleys. You you see the ball, and it's an easier way for a coach to make that distribution accurate to you and uh, which is important when you're getting warmed up yeah um i think it also allows you to kind of activate some of the you know the muscles that you're going to need and your your eyes like those sort of things that you're going to need in place when you do face whatever you're going to face um (laughs) i know i've gone into games after you know just getting volleys so i think it's i think it's I think to step a goalkeeper up in warm-up or anything and just all of a sudden just go right into something, like a hardcore drop kick or um, shots from the ground, I think that's, I think that's pushing it. Everybody needs to get warmed up. It's the same concept of you know doing some passes, some touches for a field player and stuff like that. Like Maybe they're not as realistic in a game, but it's just getting their eye-hand coordination, their foot coordination, everything going. You just want to, like you said, fire those muscles. Yeah. Um, I think, and I know that we talked about this after you got back from convention, I think that there needs to be movement on the goalkeeper side with all of this. I think if your goalkeeper's just standing there taking volleys, taking volleys, taking volleys, I think that's a little redundant. I think if you incorporate a little bit of movement, maybe a couple cones, maybe just a quick shuffle this way, shuffle that way, reset, so you're activating that in, in their body as well, I think that helps. You know? Yeah, I think that's one thing that I, I recognized when I was a younger coach and I started trying to implement it as, as I got older is making sure that there's dyna- I can't a dynamic movement, dynamic yeah. movement. Yeah, there's a dynamic movement involved with it as well, too. If it's just a static standing there into a set, into a, into a volley, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But now, you know, you're not getting that neuromuscular response from the lower extremities, too. It's just all, and especially with the younger kids and stuff, it, a lot of it will just be reaching and trying to catch a ball. And there's literally, you know, locked knees. And they, so they just get this habit of, like, if they were always warming up in locked knees, right. by the time they go into the game, they're still in that, ty- that type of situation. Yeah, that comes down to coaching. That's not a volley problem, though. Okay. No, know? no. And I used to – we used to do um, at Rutgers and – I'm going to blame the volley for it. You know? <laughs> we used to do at Rutgers and stuff. Like, when we wanted to just do um, core, core and upper body, we'd be sitting. So we'd be sitting, and and Tim Mulqueen or um, Paul Blodgett, those guys would be just firing volleys at our hands, and it was like keeping your core solid. It was, and it's not easy. Trust me, when you're mm-hmm. doing 25 to 50, and you're just sitting there and weight forward, reaching in, and then it cuts out your lower body because we're just focusing on eye-hand coordination, just focusing on catching. But then when we would stand, then you get dynamic movement in with it. It just standing static, I think. I think we've moved on from there. Well, also, I think when a volley's hit, instead of just reaching with your hands, it's really important that you're getting your entire body behind right. it every time. I mean, from from moment one, that should be mm-hmm. your focus, is to, to get as much of your body behind the ball as you can and as much of a strong structure in your handling that you can. So, so let's talk about that, actually, and, and uh, you know, because you just brought up something that I, I never thought about, 
in regards to when talking to younger goalkeeper coaches out there, even seasoned goalkeeper coaches, is that make sure that the speed that you're hitting the volley is such that can be handled by the player that you're that you're warming up or activating. Because if it if it's too fast for them or too slow for them, well then their timing's gonna be completely off based on the game, right? Well you wanna build them. I mean obviously yeah. you're gonna start at a certain level and then eventually, hopefully throughout the season, they're gonna get stronger and stronger and and um, their response will be quicker and quicker. But you're one hundred percent right, Patrick. Like you have to get your body it's a full body movement like you're not just how many of those keepers that we have young keepers that just like reach and swipe for the ball and their their lower body is like in cement yeah and you're That's like no lazy. no get oh. your body behind the ball <laughs> oh call that know? lazy keeping oh <laughs> yeah and and I, I think especially you, you start seeing that i think a lot of times at like 12, 13, when kids are, st the speed of the ball starting to get quicker, but the kids are long and gangly and they've uh -huh. got the reach and so they can just get away with it and so they're lazy and they're like, ah, well, you know, you're going to end up doing that in the game. And also, let's talk about that because in the game, it's not going to be just a, a lot of times a stagnant ball. It's going to be a moving ball. So let's talk about what a volley doesn't replicate that a ground strike does for a player when you're, when you're working with them. Yeah, I mean... Listen, like a ball from the ground, you're probably going to face more of those than you will volleys. I mean, that's just statistics. Um, so the actual speed that it's going to come and the direction, the angle that it's going to come from is going to be different than, say, a straight at you volley. Uh, so that's that's automatically going to make it more game realistic. Mm -hmm. And I think it's certainly something that should be worked on every single day. Like you yeah. can't just rely on volleys or half volleys. Like that's that's silly. Or rebounders. Yeah. Like because I see that sometimes I'll no, see a session. Yeah, it's all rebounders. You it's can't like, rely on rebounders either. Like that everything has to eventually come down to a, like a traditional play from the ground in a shot. And whether it's a through ball or whether it's a half volley from a service or something, whatever it is, it still has to come down to more game-like situations. So you can start with a volley, you can work on to a half volley, you can use a rebounder, but at some point, like, they have to see what they're going to see in the game. Yeah. I mean, honestly, from a, like a training standpoint as well, if I'm an intelligent coach, I'm trying to get as many different variations of a strike as I can, yeah. because it's not like... Like my strike's gonna be different from Michael's. Oh, it's, it's gonna definitely gonna be different from. Gonna be I've, different seen <laughs> from I've seen Patrick's. I've seen Patrick's strike. <laughs> like he, he just tried to like tap the ball, and it was just like a bullet. And this dude's like, I don't. He's like, I don't. And then Patrick's like, I've been nope. trying to avoid doing stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's funny, but uh, <laughs> but that's what I mean. It, it's not just like the power. It's it's the swing. Like Absolutely. I can't tell you it's how many timing. players I've played against who have like a quick swing and it throws you because it's like. That player's maybe they're shorter, like the shorter guys have or shorter it's just guys. A different girls, release. It's just it's quicker. No, we I was just doing this in practice the other day where one of our players has the quickest release like I've ever seen. And so my goal like my goalkeepers were literally just not set. Yeah. And for everybody else, they're set, they're on top of it, they're they're attacking the ball, they're diving forward, and by the time they set, this ball's in the back of the net. Yeah. And so yeah, it's a different it's different for like every person, every strike. So variation is incredibly important. So I, I want to talk about youngers right now because one of the issues that I see a lot of times is when you start talking about the different variations and a lot of coaches go, well, you know, 
co- goalkeeper coaches or telling me that I need to be varying my shots, you know, but then at the younger ages, and I'm, when I mean youngers, I mean nines, tens. Yeah, like le- they can't even hit the side of the Exactly. Yeah. So then you start going, okay, well, everything's going to be ground service now, guys. Now we're doing all <laughs> ground service or moving balls, and the balls are not going on frame. But at the same time, that's what they're dealing with in a game as well. That's true. So you still, as a goalkeeper, as much as, like, we want to just get in there because we're trying to do a drill and we want it to be as effective as it can be so we're like either I get in or I get older kids in so they'll actually put the ball where I want at the same time this is actually what they see in a game because all those kids are putting the ball like that there well, yeah all the kids are putting the ball like that so they need to see that as well like That's they true. need to see what to deal with when the ball comes off the knee it's, <laughs> I would say that, yeah it's exactly. a really that's a really I never even think about that it's almost essentially it's like if you start trying to train it like a pro which Nathan Thackeray brought this up on, on one of the podcasts that's coming out in the future but if you start training players like they're playing at a certain elite level um, and they're not playing at that level, and then that's, that's a different game. That's a different game than what they're actually playing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think it's really important that the culture is set that if that's going to be the scenario where, you know, you're, you're working with younger kids and they're not going to be able to hit, it's important that the goalkeeper who is facing those shots knows you have to react to that no matter what. Exactly. Like it's not going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect in a exactly. game. So the culture has to be you react. <laughs> you absolutely have to react to this no matter where it goes. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've had a kid come up to, like, after a shot and then it goes in. And they go, that's not the shot you said it was going to well, be. Well, don't do the drill. <laughs> play the game. And I, I tell know. my goalkeepers that. And even at an elite level, I tell my goalkeepers that too. I'm like, and I'll, I'll actually, I think the other day in practice with you know my top goalkeepers, I actually went to shoot and I stopped. And my keeper went flying across the goal. And I was just like, don't play the drill. <laughs> play soccer and and like you need to set like and don't you know that I'm going like right side low near po- like near post you know that but I'm not messy and it's not going to hit there every single time so play the ball you know play my shot I and it gets it gets so like <laughs> the, the pro game gets so weird because you get because you're always competing with somebody else then the other player thinks that if your volley's a little bit off, it's because you're like coming at them. Oh, you know? oh you're yeah, like you're tr- you're tr- you're, yeah. you're trying to make I'm them look bad, bad yeah. type of thing. So, oh. so I've had guys that I've played with where your volley's maybe you know a, a foot or two off, and they'll just leave it. Like they won't even react. Yeah, they to get it. mad. And they'll deal. look at you like, what What are you doing here? I'm like, deal you with know? it. And you're just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Catch the ball. It's close enough to you. Just react, dude. <laughs> so let, let, let's talk about this. Let's talk about good examples of using good good volley usages during training and warm-ups and what are some bad examples. Because I want to make sure, that especially parents listening out there, can kind of tell the difference between, like, how, what's, what's good usage and what's bad usage. And, again, that just like any sort of training tool, you want to have as many training tools in your toolbox as a, as a coach. Um, so let, let's, let's talk about that a little well, yeah, like good usage. I think what we touched on earlier when you're trying to get your goalkeeper used to the speed, used to mm-hmm. setting their feet, used to a dynamic movement, getting their body behind the ball, those are all appropriate uses for a volley. Absolutely. And then uh, from a personal standpoint, as you progress through the drill, as you're starting to strike balls from the ground, I think it's really important to throw a volley in there every once in a while because they might see a volley from that angle, from that distance, right. whatever it is. Like that might come. So be ready for that too. Be ready for a skipping volley. Be ready right. for all the, there's, there's so many variations of distribution that you can, you can give to your goalkeepers if, right. if you know what you're doing. I think a bad example 
would be just to sit there and just nail volleys into the far up at 90. <laughs> and, and, and you... <laughs> uh, and then see your goalkeeper flying across the... <laughs> go, go, go! <laughs> like, I've literally all, done know that. I feel about, I've done it too. And I've had a demo at a camp and the coaches like think it's so funny because obviously you can put a bo- volley where you want pretty much. It's like, I, the, it's... It's horrible to do to any. I think if you're gonna, unless you're really, if you're not. gonna do power diving, if you're gonna do that, don't use a volley. Like make it as realistic. I would say like get somebody that can shoot that, give a solid pass across, do a one touch into the upper ninety, and that gives the timing, the movement to the goalkeeper. But don't stand there with a bag of balls and hit volleys to the upper ninety and tell your kid to stand out of position and then run and jump. I mean that's stupid. Well, like that's a bad example. Well, it's like it's like the sho- it's like the shovel pass into the upper ninety with your hands and then <laughs> go and then just throw and then them putting the kid. a bunch of kids on their hands and knees oh, lined up oh. so you jump over them. That's the yeah. that's the worst. I'm like I'm like I've never seen this happen in a game. And honestly, if it happens in a game, <laughs> <laughs> there's something you need to work on more than than saving uh, top corner saves. It's funny. I've actually seen like Neuer doing that drill right there where he's just like setting and pushing to the upper corner. And I think there is. There's a play, time and place play, for it. Pl- yeah, to play devil's advocate, there is, like, you need to know what movement, what force you need to enact. I totally agree with you. Totally but, agree but with you. But I 100% agree with Saskia that you should not just be standing there <laughs> lacing balls to the upper corner. <laughs> because there, it's cause the whole thing about that movement, and goalkeeper coaches, please listen, the whole thing about that is it's a timing thing. It's it's understanding what's going on. If I'm standing there with a bag of balls, I'm just saying, you stand over here, look at me, I'm going to hit this volley and go. Like, that doesn't work. Yeah, who what you works is it has to be your goalkeeper. It's a, it's a set and a movement with the contact of the ball, the timing, how to get your power step in there and when to release. And if you're just standing there hitting volleys into the upper 90, that, that you're never going to emulate that. You know, one reason that Ian Foyer, you know, goalkeeper coach out here in, in SoCal that a lot of people are familiar with, says that he likes to utilize the volley is because it makes players comfortable with their bubble and understanding what their mm. what their bubble is. Do you think that there's a, there's a lot of a, I mean, for lack of a better term, like did you see a lot of a good positives? Well, that's not a good word, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, like that, that's good advice. Um, to be comfortable with your bubble. Yeah, to because you can use volleys. It's easier to do that to become for kids to learn how to become comfortable with your vo- your bubble because the service is always going to be a l- little more exact into that little range space of their bubble as opposed to you know on the outside of their bubble. One thing that I really appreciate about uh, Ian is his understanding of positioning, mm. and um, and I 100% agree that if your whole approach is to be in good positions, then there's not going to be many times when a ball is going to be struck too far outside of your bubble. So in that sense, then yeah, yeah, hundred percent, you should be comfortable with your bubble because chances are that's where 90 plus percent of the shots against you are. Those are, that's what you're going to face. I yep. made up the word bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you, you made up the word bubble? I thought I brought oh. it from lacrosse into soccer myself. <laughs> maybe you did well, bring it. Well, because I you... was a lacrosse player, and lacrosse, you have a, a women's lacrosse, you have a bubble that nobody's allowed to check you in. Crease. And so I brought it over to soccer, and I'm like, now everybody uses the word bubble. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, if, what if it was, what if it was you? Be because it, it's, all over, it's all over the world. They use it all over the world. They use it's it the, your bubble. In the premiership. It's like, in a, <laughs> of they, course, you need to get a trademark of or something Of course, for like national that. team, you were on the bubble. But oh. That's a different <laughs> bubble. <laughs> 
All right. Um, <laughs> but before we uh, b- before we uh, finish up with this topic right here, um, are there any ways to make volleys more game realistic? Um, any advice that you guys have for maybe parents or coaches out there or players to to help their their uh, goalkeeper sessions? I think what um, Patrick was saying, like you know, there is a time and a place for it, and to to mix it up. You know, if you're taking shots, if you're taking this, and all of a sudden you throw a volley in there. You know, they do, you do have to see that. You do have to see a full volley from time to time. And, and I think that's probably the best way as long as it's not volley, 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 volley. Yeah. I think uh, a good one, too, is if you're working on, like, in tight reactions where yeah. a player is going to take, you know, maybe a, a, a ball that's hit a yard off the ground and they're trying to catch it with their instep or whatever they can or their knee or those sort of things, like those first-time um, – Facing those like first time volleys, I think, is really, really important because how how often do you see those? That's that's a pretty relevant right. scoring opportunity. I got scored on one of those last week. <laughs> yeah. and it was really annoying. I was really, really annoying because I'm first of all like, why is that dude unmarked? It was yeah. annoying. And then he also he put it into the top corner. Yeah. And I'm like, I taught listen to Saskia, and she says this stuff never happens. So I'm not gonna. I, I didn't have to train being out of position <laughs> and going for that top corner save because I was. I was out of position on that volley. <laughs> And he gets it to I the top corner. My co- I train my uh, goalkeepers out of position. It was, but it was I'm one like, of the. You're, I'm putting you out of position so you can figure out how to f- fix it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, oh. it's, but it's That's one good. of those where, like, you're like, you when you start seeing that volley and it's not even hit with that much pace. As you start moving, you're like, oh, if I had just been one more step to the right, like I would have gotten that ball. And it's so annoying because especially your teammates come up to you and they go like. Just, it's just one of those shots, man. And you're like, no, I could have gotten that. I yeah. could have gotten that. It's very upsetting to me. Uh, so now we're going to get into the weekend goalkeeping, guys. It's been a while since we've done the weekend goalkeeping. Literally a lot has happened. Literally people that lived like five minutes away are no longer in this area. Uh, that's called the January transfer window. It's a crazy time of year. A lot of crazy stuff is happening. Uh, because honestly, there's been more goalkeeper movement in MLS this offseason than I've seen in a long, long time. And, and I think the lack thereof in NWSL. Yeah, that's actually very true. It's the, very stagnant there. We're going to talk about that when we're talking mm-hmm. about the draft, too, because, you know, a little bit of different animal in regards to that there's only nine teams right now until, right, until right, the, right. the other two teams come into the league. Um, but, you know, that allows for a lot of opportunities for, for players to go overseas. With, with MLS, you're seeing one of the reasons that there, there's a lot of movement is because of the mechanisms that are allowed for players to move is so restricting, right. which means that, one of the reasons, for instance, like uh, Tyler Miller leaves from Minnesota is because, quite frankly, just a bigger payday, you know, um, just because certain clubs don't want to pay, you know, a certain amount to a goalkeeper. And I, I have a little chip on my shoulder mm. in regards to that because, you know, you know, you, you can maybe not give that extra million to a DP and, and maybe mm-hmm. help out, you know, a goalkeeper, you know, that's living with 17 roommates. <laughs> so uh, Starting goalkeeper yeah, living with 17 yeah. roommates. So, but, but Patrick, you, you played in the league, so let's talk about that. Someone yeah. like Luis Robles, I mean, a, you know, obviously a high, high veteran, you know, at Red Bull, has been there forever, kind of a, I wouldn't want to say legend at Red Bull, but kind of, I mean. Yeah, he's a mainstay. Yeah, he's I mean, a mainstay. he's been there for years. And, and now going to Miami, which is an expansion club, and, you know, how how would you feel if you were in that situation? I mean, I can I can't physically put myself in anybody's shoes, and I don't know what his mentality is exactly because I've I've actually never really spoken to him. But I would say, you know, it's warmer. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good stay. Uh, I that's a good shout. I, 
I would also say it's probably good to get a, a change of scenery too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, some, we don't know the ins and outs. We don't know how he was feeling and stuff. And I think if somebody, if if you're feeling you've been somewhere for a while and, and somebody really wants you an expansion expansion team and you have the opportunity to come in as a leader yeah, because you've been in the MLS for so long and um, and take that rollover, that, that's enticing towards the end of your career. Yeah. When I was with Philly and I wasn't, I wasn't starting with Philly, I, I was so happy to go to New York. I had originally, you know, wanted to be allocated to New York. And when I got to go to New York, like, it, it just changed my mentality. It's where I wanted to be. I was excited. I had the best two years, of, um, two seasons of, like, my career. And it, I was, you know, it's where I was happy. So that being said, if he's making this move and, he, he, and he's looked at as that, as a captain, as a leader and everything, then it's a good move for him. Um. You know, I, I think the funniest thing is is that when you, when you said the New York thing, because all I could just think of is like literally the Saskia Weber fan club at convention, all from the New York tri-state area. Well, not all. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure Franz Hook came up. Uh, Franz Hook did as well. Say too. hi to you. Yeah, and Dan Gaspar. Dan Gaspar, yeah, that's Paul Blodgett. That's true. So hi, guys. Yeah. <laughs> My, were there any women that came on to that? Um, no, um, I love it, and I love that they all said hi, and they were very important coaches, still are in my life, so. Um, let's, let's talk about the national team stuff. Let's talk about, uh, U.S. January camp, and, uh, <coughs> Bill Hamid is back, which I honestly didn't think this was going to happen. I thought he was kind of, uh, on the outs looking in, uh, for the camp. Um, again, for those of you guys who are not familiar, uh, this is the quote that, uh, Bill made last January. I'm better than Brad Guzan. He's a cool guy. I don't know him very well, but it should be good beating him again. Um, wow. Yeah. So a maybe lot of people felt that was very un-goalkeeper union. Uh, well, maybe that's why the na men's national team doesn't win. <laughs> because that, how are you being a teammate? I'm sorry. I don't care what you guys say. Obviously, we have a better system here, and we support each other, minus a couple people who I won't say their initials, <laughs> um, who don't play anymore. Um, but... Like seriously, seriously, why don't you get in there and win the spot and actually and and add something to your team before you talk, start talking trash? Yeah, yeah, talk is cheap. Talk yeah. is cheap, absolutely. Yeah, and and I think that that was that was my concern is that it was a January camp and he hadn't been last year he hadn't been indicted to the January. It's camp. camp. Yeah, and he was <laughs> he was pretty much saying he's like I'm better than all the goalkeepers that are at the camp right now, and I'm not I'm not talking trash at Bill Hamid, I'm saying this is literally how it was phrased in the media about that, that he said I was better than all the keepers there. Look, and then later on, he doubled down and said I'm better than Brad Guzan. Look, confidence is confidence, and we all love it in a goalkeeper, but arrogance is different. And, and, and put, put, I'm sorry, you guys, you're, you're arguing about that you're better than Gra Brad Guzan for a team that didn't make the World Cup. Okay, so, you know, get it together. Yeah. We're not we're not ranked high, you know. Shut up, play soccer, go into camp, and get get the men's national team back on a, an international stage that has some respect, and then start talking trash if you want to. Well, yeah, but don't. They're <laughs> <laughs> uh, not to your and, own teammates, and, man. And let's be really real. Like, there's there's not. I don't think there's one goalkeeper out there <laughs> who's played who hasn't thought they're better than the guy in front of them. Oh, yeah, I thought I was pa better than Patrick, and then I looked like, at him, and I was like, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I am not better than Patrick at like, all. I, I can't tell you how – I mean, I think that's just part of it. Like, use that. Use it. Don't, don't use but it don't in the don't media. Broadcast. Yeah, don't give it to the media. Well, because what you're also doing is putting a target on your back. Because the minute you make a mistake, the minute you – which is going to happen, they're, they're going to look at you. 
and they're gonna they're gonna hammer you, they're gonna drill you. You know, Guzan wouldn't have done that. This and that and the other. You are putting a target on your back, and it's impossible to to stay clear of messing up. I'm sorry, you're, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Let's be honest, both of you guys in the professional environment have felt that you were better than the people who were in front of you, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I still respected them. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yep. And you still and you still put on your boots, you still put on your gloves, That's right. you still give them the best possible uh, situation to be successful because that's you're in on you're on a team. It doesn't matter that you're a goalkeeper and there's only one yeah. position. Like you're on a team and your your goal is to be the best. And and you do that for them because that's what you expect when the roles are reversed. And you you want to yeah. give everything you possibly can to 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 reach that, to achieve that, to to show that you are the guy. But you have to you have to do it for the other guy Silently. too. But the other thing is, is like not ever not everybody in that camp or on that team might agree with you, and so what you've done is automatically walked in, making a divide, making people with an opinion, making a conversation about you that shouldn't be there. Everybody should just be focusing on being the best U.S. team they can be instead of you, your BS talk. Well, th that actually brings up a really good p point that I ne didn't think about until now is that. Do you think maybe Berhalter brought him into this camp because of the comments that he made last year to kind of say, okay, well now stir it up, yeah, stir it up and, and prove it to us that your comments make sense? And should he get the nod Saturday in this friendly against Costa Rica, or is he still, or should he still be blacklisted? Because personally, in my opinion, like I, I, I think Pudel Hamid is a very good goalkeeper. I think he's got some great attributes, and I think he's definitely of a national team depth caliber goalkeeper. Um, but there's guys that, that are of the same level mm -hmm. um, that aren't bringing that kind of baggage. It is baggage. I mean, I, I, I'll say it right now. When Hope Solo made those comments about Brianna Scurry, um, she was on her own flight home. Yeah. And didn't play again for a while because it's a team. And, and you can't argue with me, people. I mean, whether she was right or wrong, whether the coach was right or wrong, we still won World Cups without her. And so, you know, you got, you got to be a team player first. It's team. And I don't agree with the comments. I think, I think, they're, I think they're childish. <laughs> it's funny that you made the Hope Solo and Bill Hamid connection <laughs> there because I was, I was thinking there's some, uh, some similarities. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, and, and again, it's not, it's not talking trash. I mean, but when you put stuff in the media, like we can use that. Yep. That's, Absolutely. We can that's, talk about it because now. Because now it's black and white. Now, now it's, we, we now saw it's not that you saw it. It's exactly. not like, I'm not giving you my opinion on that situation in the Brazil game. I can give you my opinion. And, and you know, I love Bri, you know, and everything. And and it was what it was. But at the end of the day, what's the upsetting part is you are part of a team. You represent the United States. You represent a bigger picture. Walking in and singling yourself out and making stupid comments and stuff like that is not what you're there for. It's okay. On, yeah, I mean... I, Sorry to keep going on this, but <laughs> we're, no, we're passionate no, but I think about we're passionate it. about it because the thing is, is that I don't think I would, no matter what, I don't think I ever would do that uh, personally, just because that goalkeeper's union code, man, like you don't know what kind of, and just from just a simple political standpoint, you just to train together, man. I mean, my gosh. And what if one day you guys were on the same, same club team? That's what I'm saying. You have to train together. You don't know. You don't know. Another big aspect for me is that. It shows a lack of confidence in the people who are making the decisions. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's never a good look from your players 
no matter who you're playing against. It's like, more important to put this guy in here that's stirring up the pot than it is to like unify us. I, I mean, I straight up, I think the reason he got called into this January camp, now when I'm thinking about it, is because they wanted to kind of put up or shut up. Okay, you, you've proved this thing. He had a good year in MLS, don't get me wrong. Um, he tried to go to Europe. It, did, it didn't work out. He came back, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I personally, I think Sean starts on, on Saturday um, regardless, you know, because Sean's been a team player, a consummate national team player. Yeah, but then how do you look? Like, how, how's your attitude then? Are you sitting on the bench with a sour face that everybody can see? Are you sitting there talking trash to every other player that will listen to you? Like, what's your attitude well, that's then? We'll see that. And Maybe that's, he's humbled And unfortunately, at that's what know. happened with the U.S. women. Yeah, that's and and that 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 was the bigger issue. The bigger issue is that creating that divide, creating that negative energy, that black cloud. Like then you're a liability to me. Yeah, you can only assume that those are the conversations that they're having. Absolutely. Off off the field. When you're in your hotel room bench, chilling, absolutely. They're they're it it becomes cancerous. I mean, absolutely. Oh my god, I so agree. Um, <laughs> Let's uh let, let's let's move on from this. We got a couple more things I want to cover before uh, before we wrap up today's episode. Can't uh, wait to see it. To wait uh, to see the messages about this. We were we were at, we were at the draft. Uh, we were at the draft in Baltimore uh, for NWSL, and uh, always a great time uh, with NWSL. Shout out to NWSL. The league keeps growing. Absolutely. Um, the fact that the the teams are now starting to play in some really solid facilities and, and really getting the support that they that they they deserve um, is fantastic. However, there's one little wrinkle in the thing, and that is that nine teams in the league still currently until the the other two join right. uh, makes it very difficult for goalkeepers uh, to to break in into the league, and because of that, only one goalkeeper was taken in the NWSL well, draft. Shocking. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was uh, Mandy McGlynn from Virginia Tech. What I'll tell you what, she's a solid goalkeeper. Yeah. So let so Saskia, why don't you break down Mandy McGlynn for people? Um, who are for with them. her size, you know, it's an excellent it's an excellent draft pick. With her size and her ability to get down to the ground as fast as she does with her weight forward and making solid saves, like, I'm impressed. I think she's solid in the air. Her distribution's good. I mean, you know, everybody needs work. Again, I only saw all the best highlights. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, no, nobody, nobody posts, uh, nobody nobody posts all the mistakes. Like, where are the, where are the mags <laughs> and smashed stuff? smashed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the ball hitting off the crossbar, hitting you in the face and going in the goal? Yeah. Um, no, I think what I've seen of her play, I'm impressed with her ability to handle her size, to handle her height. Um, I think it's harder for a woman, um, from what I've seen across the board, that quickness and stuff. And she's she's got that down. I was I was impressed. I am shocked that Tegan Micah didn't go. Um, sim and I had said this. Uh, I was asked for a quote. I said that anybody that based not taking Tegan on the semifinals in the NCAA's. Is is making a huge mistake. This is somebody that has international mul international experience. Will be in the Olympics for Australia. Um, solid, solid keeper. And um, I think I, I I think it was a mistake. I do think that the way teams look at it, because there are only nine teams, is like we'll let those goalkeepers drop out. We'll take them as free agents. Yeah, that's actually a really good point that you brought up because actually at convention um, we had uh, you know Tristan Sudeville who was in the draft as well. Right. And she was not taken in the draft, um, but she had a really good uh, demeanor. And she said, you know, I'm not going to blast out the teams that that called her afterwards, but she said literally 
during the draft and after the draft, her teams, phone blew te- up. Her yeah. phone blew up because there was all these ta- uh, camp invites. Free because, agents, free agents. Yep. And I think honestly, that might be a better route for for goalkeepers. Um, you know, Patrick, you're familiar with this too. You know, being a because you were undrafted. I right? was undrafted. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think it's almost a kind of a better situation a lot of times to <coughs> be undrafted because then you kind of have your pick of going to the right environment that's going to be best for you? Uh, I think that's a, uh, that's a really good point. You do get a little bit more of a choice. Um, I Some would people want to be free agents. Yeah, mm. I would say from a from just like a if that's the team you want to be on and you don't get drafted and somebody else does, which was kind of what happened to me, it, it feels like you're being put at a disadvantage. Right. But it also gives you, depending on who you are, um, maybe a little bit of an, an underdog mentality to approach things um you can also drive i mean like you know in the in the greater scheme of things you could drive up your pay you can be you if you're having multiple options and going to multiple camps and everything like that it is a great thing i just think that from a viewership point of view the lack of investment in goalkeepers is a mistake it's crazy yeah crazy and I, i think i think the tough thing is is that again if there's only nine teams and there's only so many draft picks how many midfielders are they going to take? Right, right, How many course. forwards are they going to take? Right. How many games are won and lost on one moment from yeah. goalkeeping? Exactly. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's such an important position. It's, yeah. it's it crazy. can't be an afterthought. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and trust me, I, I was actually speaking to NWSL coaches at the draft and executives at the draft, and I'm not going to <laughs> name names here, but a lot of them were like, why am I even here? Why, why was I here? A goalkeeper coach said, is it like, why am I here uh, for this draft? If, if, the, if there's really, if there's really no, if I already know who's coming into camp or I already kind of have an idea of who's coming into camp, am I just here to, to eat free sandwiches? Like what, what <laughs> just kind of why I was there. I mean, I, I enjoy the sandwiches. <laughs> They're absolutely delicious. Um, and they do that. I mean, honestly, like some teams will bring in people in preseason just to take cannon fire. So the players that they are actually invested in don't have to, don't have to wear themselves it's out like in preseason. Bringing in a quarterback and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sucks, but yeah. that's you know that's the reality of it. Well, speaking to somebody who's on the other side of their career, um, <laughs> I want to wrap up with this. Uh, Buffon, uh, uh, mm. yeah, Gigi Buffon uh, just turned 42, and he's still playing at the highest levels in the game. Uh, what lessons can we take from this, <laughs> and what lessons can uh, other uh, you know can uh, aspiring goalkeepers out there take take from this? I mean, it's insane. <laughs> He also has just looked the same since he was 17 years old. He was like a 40-year-old, 17-year-old. He actually grew into his looks. <laughs> I, I would love to sit and find out what his regimen is. To be honest with you, like most of my, my – um, that longevity. Look, my career ended because it had to end. Like, you know, herniated discs, this, that, and the other. Yeah, be scared. Um, it's real. It's real. It's real. You, you, you lose a step. Your knees hurt. Your back hurts. Everything like that. You're throwing your body up and down off the ground. 41? 42. 42? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to know, I'd love to know his regiment. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that would be very valuable. Like. I mean, I remember towards the end of my career when I was playing at New York, like I had this young buck goalkeeper come in and she was trying to prove herself and she looked at my goalkeeper coach and she was just like, let's do power diving and like, you know, let's go to the upper 90. And I was like, I'm out. I'm like, I'll see you in the training room. I got to get some ice. Like, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to prove myself to do it. I know how to do it when time comes. But there's got to be something that he's doing to sustain his body this long. I mean, 
Pat Onstat played until he was about That's 42. Right. That's right. And I remember watching him train. And this dude never ever hit the ground. Like he he would work super hard. He did he the would, bubble. He was he bubble, 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 bubble footwork, footwork, never, footwork, footwork. He would never hit the ground. Yeah. I mean, extremely hard worker. Just would he just knew he had an understanding that yeah that's that's gonna wear my right. That's what I was saying. Like I, I it's a little too late for me. And if <laughs> I mean honestly, if you look at it like say Tom Brady looks at it, where it's like your earning potential over time is definitely gonna increase if you're able to do this for longer and right, longer, right, right. you know, like that's going to give you the best. I mean, and if you can minimize the wear and tear on your body yeah. in the long term as well, then that's, that's best case scenario. Yeah. And my, my thought process would be footwork, footwork and yoga. Cause I hate stretching. All soccer players do. And I tell all my kids now, just go to yoga once a week because I needed to stretch. <laughs> That's it. Pilates by, too. By the Pilates, way, if, Pilates. Yeah. By the way, if anyone from uh, if, if anyone who who knows Gigi Buffon or if Gigi Buffon is listening to this podcast <laughs> right now, please let us please know. Please let us know what you're doing. Can we maybe put a PDF, maybe an Instagram <laughs> post, where we just share your uh, your training program uh, with people? One thing I'd like to add to lessons we can learn from Gigi Buffon is be yourself. Like yeah. this dude has been himself for the last twenty plus years. Like oh. he's been the exact same kind of goalkeeper that mm -hmm. he has always been. And he is so much himself that he's been able to have that longevity to play the same way year after year and be, uh, be one of the best goalkeepers in the world. All right, so we had some uh, technical difficulties right there. The battery ran out. Uh, so uh, I think that might be all the time, Patrick, uh, on today's episode. I that's, think <laughs> That seems like a sign. Yeah, I think that's, as we're talking about, it was almost maybe it was like somebody who like knows Buffon. He's like, you know, you can't keep giving away these secrets right now, so we're just going to shut off. Your, uh, no, it's me because I didn't, uh, I didn't refresh the battery, so we need to keep doing that. Uh, guys, uh, that's all the time on Inside the 18. Remember, if you have any questions, uh, if you have a guest suggestion, a topic suggestion, contact at insidethe18media.com. Please keep rating, reviewing, and subscribing uh, at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social media platforms or at Goalkeeper Pod on Twitter uh, because I think I think Patrick might have stolen that Goalkeeper Podcast. He's just uh, holding it for <laughs> ransom somewhere. I think that's what's going on. Um, and if you want to know more about Patrick and uh, his lovely life outside of soccer, where's the best place people can reach out to you? Uh, probably Instagram, at Patrick McLean 24. I love how you make it so streamlined. Everything in your life, it's all Patrick McLean 24. Yeah. So, yeah. Makes it easy. Um, that's my name. Don't wear it out. All right, guys. That's all the time on Inside the 18. I feel like we're about to start another episode. No, we're uh, we're out. Later. <laughs> See ya. Yeah!